0: Welcome to Conversations with Eddie Lyons. I'm Jared, Pastor. How are you doing today? I am doing great. It's a Good um, day. It, it is a good day. It's nice outside. It's Beautiful. cold, but it's uh, it looks like it could be eighty degrees. So uh, it's, it's not, it's but decent. it's it's sunny. Yeah, it's sneaky yeah. on us. So uh, today we have a tough subject, but a good one. And I think a lot of people uh, are going through this. A lot of people have have dealt with this in the past, but it's it's dealing with grief and loss. Um, you're you're a pastor, and mm-hmm. you you sit with people at their bedside uh at on hospital beds you do funerals really consistently well what advice would you have for anyone
1: going through grief right now well how would you start this conversation okay well first of all um there will be things in our lives that will be so hard so difficult events that we will grieve and it's People who are looking for a walk with God that avoids all of the pain and sorrow, they're not looking for the God that exists because he's going to let us walk through a life that includes pain, loss, and sorrow. Okay. For instance, when you lose a loved one, it's never going to be the same. You know, I do sit with people. I do attend these funerals. And it doesn't matter how young or old they are. I watched the grandchildren on the front row of their grandmother, and they're they're crying because she's gone. And they loved her, and she meant so much to them. And honestly, the truth is, um, you can't rescue people from that. In Romans, it says that we should um, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I think sometimes people want to like, okay, let's get past the grief. Let's make everybody feel good. You know what? You can't. Yeah. You just need to go sit with them in their grief.
0: So you sit with them in their grief. Um, what does that look like? Cause I, I feel like you said that there's a tendency to want to move on from it. I I'm someone who wants to break the tension. I want everybody to kind of be okay. And, uh, what do you do to get past that, that need to make everything okay? Cause I've also seen how you, you want to, I want to just have the right words. What advice would you have for somebody who's, uh, maybe just with someone who's going through grief, who's a friend to someone who's lost a loved one or lost a dream or lost a relationship or something that someone needs to grieve. And how do you grieve with those who are grieving? What, what would you say that that looks like?
1: Well, you know, I think first of all, you can't take it away. Um, don't run away from them. Yeah. Go sit with them. Your silent presence in the middle of one of the most difficult seasons of their life is a gift. Mm-hmm. You can't solve it or fix it, but you can be there with them. And you know what? Honestly, uh, you say, I sit with people um, who are going through tough times. I do. And if you're gonna go sit with people who are grieving, you don't walk out of there unscathed.
0: Yeah. You share some of that.
1: You share it. I'd say there are sometimes I walk out of a hospital after hearing a diagnosis and been having been, been with the family, and it's not good and it's gonna get worse, and it's it's so hard. And I, I walk out and I, my prayer sometimes is, God, wow, I don't know. If I can keep doing this with so many families unless you help me out here, because this is just so bad. Yeah. And so I, I think that the, the, the issue is don't run away from your friends who are in times of grief and sorrow. Don't feel like you need to take away it, their sorrow. You can't. Yeah. Just be there with them. Yeah. Cry with them.
0: There's two examples in the Bible we were kind of talking about before this. Talk about
1: Job's friends. Okay. Well, you know, Job, you talk about experiencing grief. Oh, my. In the book of Job, he loses not only all of his possessions and his wealth and his livelihood, but he loses all of his children. I don't know how you endure a grief like that. His friends come to visit him. And his friends are incredible counselors in the first part of Job. Because they just sit with him. The, the Jewish have this custom that is, you just go and sit with those who are grieving. Yeah, and his 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 friends were wonderful counselors until they opened their mouth, <laughs> and then they made all kinds of mistakes.
0: Yeah, everything went well until they until they thought maybe they could find the solution for Job. Yes, because yeah. they said things like, "Can you look back and see if there's something that you did that may have upset God, or is there someone that you did you know did it something too," and Job was a righteous man. He, he didn't. It, was, it yeah. was not about that in that moment, and that's where their their issue was. Um, what, what else would you have to say to someone who's, who's helping someone deal with grief? Because
1: chances are someone out there is helping someone with grief. Well, you know, Jerry, you, you and I were just talking about how when you did a funeral recently and how you were so blessed to realize in John 11— 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, yeah. that Jesus wept. I mean, share that. So, so I, was, I was doing a, a funeral, and the, the verse that I kind of
0: landed on was to do, uh, when, when Lazarus died, he was a friend of Jesus, um, he knew Mary and all these people that were close to Jesus, and they're asking Jesus to come and help Lazarus when he's sick, and he waits, which yes. is an interesting thing. He shows up after Lazarus has already died, and to fast forward and to skip the middle, Jesus brings him back to life. Like that's the end of this story. But in the middle, when Jesus shows up and he's dead and people are upset and people are going, "If only you'd shown up when he was still alive, you could have done something," he doesn't go, "All right, watch this. This is going to blow yes. your mind. Like if I had this power, I would be walking around pointing fingers at, at things that I could fix all the time. But instead, Jesus sees people that are grieving, and that shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Yeah, that if you're in grief right now, he sees you. And he, his heart breaks with you. Jesus himself, God himself saw people and he didn't go, hey, your problems are not that big. I'm going to fix it later. Watch this. Yes. He just wept with them. And I think for me and, and the grief that I've gone through, I don't need words. I, I don't necessarily need people to come and say, hey, it's going to be okay. Um, it, You're going to get past it. God works all things out for those who love. Those are good words and those are those are true words, but... It's not helping me in that moment, and I need someone who will sit with me yeah, cry with me yeah, in that moment. Pastor, talk about some of the, the grief that you have dealt with in, in your life, if, if you would share.
1: You know, uh, I, I remember um, Cindy and I, we have five children, and we lost two little baby boys. Mm-hmm. They were born at about six months, so they were fully formed, but they died in the womb. And I remember the first one, uh, we took her to the doctor, and the doctor had this funny look in his eye, and he says, he says I, I, don't, I don't hear a heartbeat. What does that mean, doctor? That means your baby has died in the womb. So go home, and we'll wait for the labor to begin. Oh, that was so hard. As we're walking around, and people will say to Cindy, so when's your baby due? Yeah. And, you know, I, you, there are no words to answer that question. Yeah. And then the baby was born. It was a you know, labor and delivery. But you don't get to take him home because he's gone. And then um, a few years later, the same month, January, it was the month of January, uh, we had another baby boy born and it was stillbirth again. And there are no words. I mean, it's just like, wow. This just all hurts all the way around. And um, we moved on. We named the babies. Mm -hmm. Um, I bought Cindy a piece of jewelry to remember them. Um, But then I guess uh, another kind of grief happened when my son, James, he's the last child we have, was born, Mm -hmm. and the doctor came in and said, "Uh, we need to talk about something. And I'll never forget that moment. It was so heavy. I think your baby has Down syndrome. And I, I didn't know much about Down syndrome. I didn't know much about that at all. And I just remember experiencing a grief. You know, the vision that we had was a healthy baby boy that would grow up, and we would watch him do many things, and And then now that that's gone, because, yeah, this little guy is going to have all kinds of struggles, and and honestly, our life's never going to be the same. And I remember how sad I was. I was sad for my son. I was trying to put it all together. I was mad at God. I struggled so much. For nine months, um, I was in a bad spot. Why God? You can raise the dead. You can heal the sick. Why don't you just heal this baby boy? Yeah. And then finally one day, uh, it is probably one of the most profound experiences I've ever had in my life. I was all by myself walking in a place that was a subdivision with no houses. And as I'm walking and praying, and most of my praying for nine months had been complaining (laughs) (laughs) and telling God that you've made a mistake here. Yeah. This isn't right. Mm -hmm. I don't like this. And in a very amazing way where, you know, when I say I heard from the Lord, I didn't hear words. Sure. But in my spirit, God dropped some thoughts that exploded. The first thought was, uh, Eddie, I'm God and you're not. If I choose to give a baby like this to someone, I don't have to ask permission. And I don't have to give you an explanation. Your choice is either to continue to raise clenched fists in anger toward me or open palms in surrender and get the help you're going to need because you're going to need my help. I, I honestly, I melted into just a moment of tearful repentance all by myself. And I said, okay, God. I'm going to stop fighting. I'm going to stop begging you to fix this and reverse this. It was the most freeing moment because, I guess, in some ways, I, in that moment, like, accepted the fact that I wasn't God and I wasn't in charge of the world and I wasn't in charge of my future and I have no idea what's going to happen. But it's okay because he does. Wow. So my rebellion turned to trust and then um, I, uh, it's true, my life was never the same, still not the same. Yeah. But it's not bad. Yeah. Because my little guy is the <laughs> joy of my life. You know what? He contributes more than he will ever actually know. Yeah. So um, after that experience, you know, I I, I I found myself having a more personal sense that when people are in trouble, problems, difficulties, it's not my role as a pastor or as a friend to fix anything. It, hey, let me just pray with you. I'll be here with you. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Lord rescued me.
0: Wow. That's incredible. So so what did you learn about grief? Because I think I think most people, myself included, I want to minimize the grief in my life. I want to find a way that I can keep grief far away. So, what do you? I mean, how did that change your view of of grief in relation to God?
1: Okay, I heard this uh, Jewish proverb. Now, I'm not sure it really is a Jewish proverb, or even where I heard this. We'll okay. say it is today. Somebody can email you know. Us if I say it's it a out. Jewish proverb, it's it's it sounds a lot better, doesn't it? Okay, it's more sure, impressive. Yeah. So be impressed. But I think it's really true. It, it's important for us to accept grief as a gift from God to manage the many painful and difficult situations in our life. So in the proverb, it's like God just hands you this wet towel, and you, grief, you squeeze the water out. You know when you're trying to squeeze the water out of a towel? So you squeeze it out, and then you re-roll it, and you squeeze it again, you get a little bit more water out. And then you squeeze it again until the towel is dry. Hmm. And in the process of grieving, we find healing. It doesn't change the circumstances. But grieving is the mechanism for us to be able to emotionally and cognitively process the new day we're in. So don't hurry up people in their grief. That would be my, that's my lesson. You know, I still feel sad sometimes when I'm sitting with my son, and he's trying to tell me something. And the words aren't coming to him. Sure. And he looks at me and says, Dad, ah. And I'll say to him, James, come on, please just keep trying. Yeah. I want to know what you have to say, okay? And it makes me sad. And I have to just embrace that sadness. And we work through it. It's like a game of charades all the time. Yeah. And then it brings me to a place that I find great joy in. Because one day, Jared, I'm going to sit with my son in heaven. And all the limitations and disabilities that he's had to deal with for all of his life, they're going to be gone. Yeah. He's going to sit with me. (laughs) He's going to tell me everything he wants me to know. Yeah. And it's going to be easy for him, and I'm going to be able to understand it. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. But I'm going to still grieve in the meantime. Yeah. I think that that heavenly perspective of
0: we need Jesus because he's the only thing that can make all things right. Yes. There's not one thing that can bring a a lost family member back. There's not one thing that can fix pain from abuse or one of those things. But Jesus is the only person that can bring hope of tomorrow, hope of heaven with him, where everything will be made right. Every tear will be wiped away, and everything will be made right. That's it, I have to hang on to that.
1: Oh, my goodness. Or I'll get lost yes. in all of
0: that. Yes. And I think one of the things that, that the, the grief that I've gone through has opened my eyes to is before I went through any amount of grief, I, I looked around and went, things are good, I don't really understand that thing that you're going through, Understanding the grief that I went through, yeah. I see people through a different lens. When when someone's going through something, I don't go, "Oh, that's hard." I don't really get it. You you can live in that with them. Yes, you can understand what it meant when someone just sat with you. You can understand what it meant uh, to just cry with someone, and and to realize the the, the levels of pain, the levels, the depths that it's not just the death, it's the it's the next Christmas that they're going to go through. It's the, it's yes, all those little yes. things that you go, I mean, if I wouldn't have gone through any wow. amount of grief, I wouldn't have se- seen that. I wouldn't have recognized that. Right. Pastor, do you have anything else for us on grief?
1: Well, um, you know, I do love Romans chapter 8, mm-hmm. it's that famous verse, yeah. you know, for God works all things for good. What that means is in the bad, this sometimes stays bad, and we're going to have to live with it till the day we get into heaven. Yeah. Um he is working out good things. It, we, I just believe that. Yeah. And then um what will separate us from the love of God? And then it lists all of those things yeah. that we don't want. Yeah. <laughs> and none of them can separate us from the love of God. Yeah. And Jesus came with the very pur- purpose of redeeming all things, behold, I make all things new. We're going to get there. And in his kingdom, there will be no more tears. There'll be no more sadness, no more pain. The former things will be passed away. That is our hope. It is. Well, pastor,
0: thank you. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time.